bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacy. Living Word with Pastor Mansa Otobi. And now, today's word. Today is a very special day uh, on the Christian calendar. Today is Pentecost Sunday. Uh, all over Christendom, we remember the outpouring of the Holy Spirit recorded in the book of Acts chapter 2. When the Holy Spirit came according to the promise of Jesus Christ uh, upon the disciples, 120 people were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And from there... The Christian church was inaugurated and for 2,000 years the church of Jesus Christ has been marching on and no gate of Hades has been able to stand against it. And that same Holy Spirit is the one who is at work in our lives, at work in our churches, at work in our ministries and I believe is present with you today. So today we honor the work of the Holy Spirit, we honor his power, we honor his ability, we honor his gifts that have been made available to us. Uh, Pentecost Sunday uh, is very important on our calendar. Uh, Just to announce to all of you and to ICGC that from the 25th of June this year uh, to the 3rd of August, we have 40 days of power. From the 25th of June to the 3rd of August is going to be 40 days of power, 40 days of prayer and fasting, waiting on the Lord. And we're going to push this barrier and we're going to walk in the victory of Jesus Christ. I believe something is about to change in your life and something is about to settle on you for good. Because the power of God that fell on Pentecost is still at work amongst us. So, 40 days of power is going to be from the 23rd of June to the 3rd of August. Non-stop prayer and fasting for 40 days. And just to remind you that today is a communion service. And so, uh, after I finish preaching, I will lead us in partaking of the Lord's table. So, my message today is very simple. I believe that it's a message that God wants to speak to you as an individual. He wants to speak to you as a family. He wants to speak to you if you're a businessman. And he wants to speak to our nation and to our world. And the message is simple, that God will build it again. God will build it again. I don't know what has been broken in your life, but God will build Build it again. I don't know what has crumbled, but God will build it again. And my text is going to be from the record of the prophet Jeremiah, in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 18, verses 1 to 6. Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 1 to 6. And the record there is about a a message that God gave to Jeremiah uh, to give to the children of Israel. I believe that that message is relevant to us, to the children of Ghana. Uh, That message is relevant to you as a person. That message is relevant to all of us in our world at this time. Jeremiah chapter 18 verses 1 6. Let's hear the reading of God's word. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, 
Arise and go down to the porter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the porter's house, and there he was making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was mad in the hand of the porter. So he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the porter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this porter, says the Lord. Look, as the clay is in the porter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. You can uh, replace house of Israel to your house. If you're, uh, you are uh, Otabel, then you say, O house of Otabel. If you are Okran, you say, O house of Okran. Uh, whatever your, the name of your house is, God says he's able to do with you as this porter does with the clay. And we can say to our nation, O house of Ghana, God is able to do with you as he does, the porter does the clay. Jeremiah was a very uh, remarkable prophet, uh, one of those that are called the major prophets uh, in the Bible. He was called very young. As a very young man, he was not even very sure of himself, but God encouraged him to go out and not be afraid of the message that was going to be put in his mouth. Because Jeremiah was called to speak to the nation in a very, very difficult time. And the message he had was very difficult for him uh, to carry. But he carried it and for about 51 years, he ministered powerfully to Israel. He was one of the last prophets that God raised before Israel went into captivity in Babylon. And so he spoke about that instant, but he also spoke about the return. And if you read the book of Daniel, it was because of the Record or the prophecy of Jeremiah that Daniel started to pray for the return of the people back to their land in their restoration. In this particular message that God gave to Jeremiah, God takes Jeremiah to the porter's house. The porter is a sculptor and, uh, and he goes to observe what is going on and in that place God gives him a message. I want you to note three are items there that I will be commenting on. The first is the porter. The porter is the one who works on the elements or works on the clay. Uh, his other name is a thrower. A thrower. And the reason why the porter is called a thrower is because he takes the piece of clay and he throws it on the wheel. So the porter is also called a thrower or one who forms or fashions things. A thrower or one who forms and fashions things. That's the porter. Secondly, is the wheel. The wheel is also known as the delivery stool or the birthplace. The place of birth. It, it is the place where things come into shape. The place where things come into shape. And the third is the clay. The clay is a mass, a heap of unformed mass. It has no shape, it has no form, it has no comeliness. So there is the clay, it has no form. There is the wheel, which is the place of birth. And then there is the potter who is forming something with the clay. 
So when Jeremiah enters the porter's house, God says, I'm going to speak to you a word in the porter's house. And when he enters there, in verse 3, the Bible says that he saw the porter was making something at the wheel. He was in the process of doing something with the clay. The important thing to note is that the clay cannot form itself. The clay needs the porter to make it into something. So the porter is the one who takes the clay and works with it. And the porter's work is not done with just one touch. He has to constantly move and turn and twist and take out and add to the clay. It's a constant touch. It's a constant work. That is a vision of how God works with us. God doesn't just do one work and finish everything. He constantly works with us. And if you think that God has finished with you, I'm here to announce to you, God is not finished with you. You've had one touch from him, but you will have several touches from him. So the porter is working at the wheel. Now, if you went to a porter's uh, place and you saw what happens, and for those of you who have seen it, the porter starts by turning the wheel. So the wheel is turning. The wheel is turning. It's going round. It's going round. It's going round. And then he takes the clay and he smashes the wheel with it. So the wheel is turning. He introduces the clay to a turning wheel. Now, if you were the clay and you were put onto that turning wheel, you start feeling dizzy because you're going round and round and round and round and round. That going round and round is the change of times and seasons. It's events happening in your life. God takes your life and throws you into into things that are already happening. And, and so the clay is going round and round. If the porter doesn't intervene, the clay on the wheel will spin out of control and be thrown away. But thank God, when the clay is thrown onto the wheel and things are turning round and it looks like it's chaotic, the hand of the porter comes and steadies it. We are at a time in the world's history where the world is turning around the wheel of events. So many things are turning and many of us feel as if our lives are turning chaotically on the wheel. But the porter's hand is what creates purpose out of chaos. The porter's hand gives you steadiness in the place of chaos. So even if you feel that your life is turning around and things are changing and you have no idea what is happening. Remember, there is a hand that is upon you and there is a hand that is forming you. So as Jeremiah is work, looking at this, he sees something beautiful emerging. A ship is emerging from the clay. The clay is becoming beautiful. We are not told what the porter is making, but... Probably it's a flower vase. So he's forming it. And if you were watching, you'd say, oh, what a beautiful work. What a beautiful flower vase. Now you can see that the wheel is turning. The clay is shaping up. The potter is in control. And everything seems to be working. Everything is working perfectly. He's making something out of the clay. And as Jeremiah watched this porter making something out of the clay, I'm sure he's thinking, oh, what a beautiful thing the porter is making. Then something totally unexpected happened. In verse 4, 
It says that the vessel that he made of clay was mad in the hand of the porter. The porter is making the clay, the vessel. And as Jeremiah is watching, this vessel was mad. In other words, it was ruined. It was destroyed. Or to put it in modern language, it was messed up. Something went wrong. But the interesting thing you notice is that it was still in the porter's hand. The porter still has his hand on the on what he's making. And the Bible says it was mad in his hands. Not mad in the hands of the devil. But mad in the hands of the porter. That's a very important thought. The fact that God's hand is in need doesn't mean there will be no trouble. Because many times when things go wrong, we assume, oh, God is not in it. The devil has a tag and, and this is the devil. But this is the porter representing God working. And whilst the thing is in his hand, it gets, it gets mad. The reality of life is that sometimes even when things we commit to God, and it seems that God is working something in our lives. It looks like something beautiful is working in our lives. Things can go wrong. 2020 is one of those years when we can say something got mad. Something was ruined. Has God left the clay? No, he's still working. Is his hand removed? No, his hand is at work. Then how come? God is still working with my life. God's hand is on my life. God still cares for me. How come I'm going through what I'm going through? That is the message God told Jeremiah to go and watch. So the vessel gets mad. Sometimes in our lives we feel as if God is doing something beautiful in our lives. And all of a sudden everything goes wrong. Everything just goes wrong. Or something spins out of control. Or something beautiful is just cut short. And you're wondering, where is God? We're still in his hands. And it's going wrong? Yes, we're still in his hands. And many of us can relate to times when your spiritual life is going on well. You're worshiping God and, and you're so in love with God. And all of a sudden something happens. In your life and you're wondering, but I've been praying and I've been fasting and I've been giving and I've been honoring God. Why this? Why is God treating me this way? Well, his hand is still upon you. So while Jeremiah is watching, everything is going wrong, but the porter has not left the clay. So the next thing that he sees is that he made it again into another vessel at it seemed good to him. It got mad, but that was not the end. He made it into another vessel. And that is the message God has asked me to give to you. That he will make it into another vessel. He will build it again. It got marred. But that is not the end of the story of the clay. God is about to transform, to change, and to restore everything that has been ruined. He will build your life again. 
He will build your marriage again. He will build your family again. He will build your home again. He will build your business again. He will build his church again. And he build our nation and our world again. God says it got mad, but watch, I will fix it. And when he's fixing it, he does a few things with what he's fixing. The first thing that you read in the passage is that he made it again. He gave it a second chance. If God can do it once, he can do it again. If God can do it for somebody, he can do it also for you. He made it again. Somebody say, God will make me again. Say, God will build it again. I don't know what has been destroyed in this year. And a lot has been ruined. I don't know what has gone down. But God will build it again. That's what he's telling Jeremiah. I can do it again. Second thing you will notice. He didn't just say God did it again. But he made it into another vessel. He did not repeat himself. He did something new. He showed another side of his ability to the clay. He told the clay, well, the first thing was ruined, but I'll make it again. So if he was making a flower vase and it was mud, we think, oh, he's going to build another flower vase. No. He makes something totally different. What God is about to do in your life is not going to be a, a repetition of what has been destroyed. It's going to be better than what has been destroyed. God will build it again. And he built it into another vessel. Don't ever limit the extent of God's grace on your life. I expect that when we look back at 2020, we're going to look back at the immense grace of God. The unsearchable grace of God. When it seemed like everybody is on his knees and everything has collapsed. Nations have collapsed. Businesses have collapsed. It looks like, oh, nothing good will come out. Then God will make it again into another vessel. And the end will be better than the beginning. What he does next in your life will be greater, better than what has been mad in his hands. He made it again into another vessel. And the third thing you would notice there is that he made it as it seemed good to the porter. He did it according to the counsel of his own will, according to his own purpose. He made it into another vessel. As we recount all that has happened in our lives, we cannot calculate all the losses. There's been losses, tremendous losses in human life, in quality of life. People have lost their lives. People's health have become fragile. Businesses collapsed. Homes distorted. Sources of income shut. It's happened to believers, 
It's happened to unbelievers. It's happened to people who pray. It's happened to people who don't pray. It's happened to people who believe in God. It's happened to people who don't believe in God. So you wonder, so what's the difference? I'm a child of God. Why am I going through this? Remember, God has not taken his hands off the clay. He's not taking his hands off you. If things have gone wrong, his hand has not been removed from you. Now, why do things go wrong? Why did, why would something that God is shaping go wrong? It's not because God gets it wrong. But sometimes when a porter is making a, a, a something, as he molds the thing, molds the clay, he would discover that there is some piece of stone in the clay. A piece of stone that has been in the clay for all this time. And as he molds it thinner and thinner, that piece of stone comes up. And if it remains, what he produces will not be perfect. So that piece of stone begins to change the structure of what the potter is building. The potter says, okay, I will deal with this piece of stone. And after I deal with it, I will build it again. Sometimes it's the quality, the character of the clay. It doesn't respond to shaping. And so as he shapes, it gets to a point, the clay is not malleable enough in the hand of the potter. He has to change it. So God is able to change what he's doing with our lives. And even if it is our fault, there is an inconsistency in us. There is a piece of stone. There is a character flaw that has cost you everything. Remember, your life is still in God's hands. The good thing about the Lord is that he doesn't say, because it's your fault, I can't fix it. Yes, it's your fault. Yes, you messed up. Yes, you made a mistake. I don't know where this virus came from. Some say it came from a lab. Some say it came from a wet market. Wherever it came from, from a bat to a pangolin to a human being. Whoever made a mistake to introduce this to the human race, I don't know. But what I know is... I serve a God whose hand has not left me. And even if we don't know what caused this trial, God is able to use it to turn us around and form something good. So he will form something good with your life. He will do something beautiful with your life. He will do something beautiful with my life. He will take the events of chaos and grow something beautiful out of it. Isn't it interesting? That the first time we encounter God in the Bible. We encounter him in chaos. Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. And the earth is without form and void. And darkness is upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God is moving upon the waters. In a chaotic environment. The spirit of God is still moving. Is God still moving in our world? Yes, he is. And, in, and if you are a believer in Christ and you, you, you have his Holy Spirit in you, I want you to know God's hand is on you. And he will form you again. And he will shape you again. And he will build you again. And whatever has been down is coming up again. 
it's going to be very beautiful in the end. I am totally convinced without any shadow of doubt that our nation will be built again. Without any shadow of doubt. Because of this God we know, we will be built again. Your life will be built again. If your business has collapsed, it will be built again. If you lost your customers, they will come back again. If you lost an industry, he will give you another industry. If, if your sector of business has collapsed, he will resurrect something new for you. He will give you something different. Don't expect that it's going to be the same thing. But he will do something as it seems good to him. God will build it again. And that is the assurance I want to give to everybody this morning as we come before the Lord in Holy Communion that we're going to ask him to build it again. Build it. Not the same thing. Build it into another thing. Build it into something new. Do something beautiful with my life. Do something beautiful with my family. Do something beautiful with my marriage. Do something beautiful with my children. Do something beautiful with my church. Do something beautiful. Do something new in our lives. And let us behold the wonder of your power. That you can take that which is mad and do something beautiful with it. This morning, God wants to assure you, his hand never left you. His hand never left you. His hand never left our world. Even though our world wants him to leave, he's not leaving because he created this world. Even though people are saying we don't believe in him any longer, we don't care who God is and they insult him every day, his hand is still upon our world. His hand is upon our nation and upon the nations of the world and upon our continent. Even if you say, Lord, leave me alone. He's not going to leave you alone because he made you and his hand is going to be upon you. And he's going to form you. He's going to shape you into what he desires. And may the Lord perfect his will in our lives. May he perfect his will in our nation. And may he cause us to see the lifting up after the casting down. May he cause us to see the wheel turn and produce something beautiful in our world. I believe the years ahead before us are going to be unusual years. Unusual years. After this catastrophe, our world is going to get into a new season of amazing development. Amazing transformation. We are not going from chaos to chaos to chaos. We are moving from chaos to order. Because God has his hand upon his creation, upon his world, upon his people, and upon those who believe in him. So before we partake of the Lord's table this morning, we want to spend a few minutes talking to the Lord. And I just want you to ask him to fix your life. I don't know what is broken in your life, but can you just talk to him and say, Lord, I trust you that your hand is still upon me. And Lord, build this again for me. Whatever is gone, just say, Lord, build it again. Just talk to him. Talk to him. In your marriage, in your life. You are the porter, we are the clay.
build us again, Lord. Build our lives again. Build our marriages again. Let's pray for our country, Ghana, and for the continent of Africa. Our economies were already not doing well, and now it's mad. But may God do something new out of Africa, greater than what we have ever seen. The emergence of a pristine African culture and civilization and economic attainment. May the Lord build our continent afresh. Lord, build our nation afresh. Lord, build our churches afresh. For those of you pastors who are worried and and concerned and wondering, what is going to happen to my church? Can, Can I see God... In, in the church again, will God visit the church again? Will there be revival in the church again? The hand of the Lord never left the church. His hand never left the church. He's building something new with his church. Church is going to be better than it's ever been. Greater than it's ever been. More anointed than it's ever been. Because God has not left us. He has not departed from us. And as we are in this time of prayer... If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you say, Lord, I want my life to be better. Build me. Make me a new person. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me and make me a brand new person. If you are praying for God to give you new life, why don't you pray this short prayer with me and say, Lord Jesus, I trust you as the one who died for me. And rose again from the dead. And I receive you today. Into my life. As my Lord. And my Savior. I declare. That you God raised you from the dead. You are seated at the Father's right hand. And now you live within me. Thank you Jesus. Amen. And in that mode of prayer. As we get ready for communion. I want you to. Just sanctify yourself before the Lord and ask God that as you partake of communion today, that he'll do something new. He will build you again. Let this be a communion of rebuilding, a communion of restoration. May this communion lead to full restoration, full rebuilding of your life, of everything that the enemy has torn down. May God fix it for us. So talk to the Lord. As we partake of communion, that he will build your life again. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebi, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebi. Email otebi at centralgospel.com or call plus 233 302 688 000